Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Hey, it's Will Friedle. And Sabrina Bryan. And we're the hosts of the new podcast, Magical Rewind. You may know us from some of your favorite childhood TV movies like My Date with the President's Daughter. And the Cheetah Girls movies. Together we're sitting down to watch all the movies you grew up with and chat with some of your favorite stars and crew that made these iconic movies happen. So kick back, grab your popcorn, and join us. Listen to Magical Rewind on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Brought to you by State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Cool Zone Media. Hello, and welcome to Cool People Did Cool Stuff, your weekly reminder that vampires and witches are entertaining things to occasionally do episodes about in November, which Margaret claims is still part of spooky times. They drank blood. That's cool stuff. Yeah. All the cool people drink blood, uh, including our <laughs> guest, Jessica Fiorentini. How are you? I'm good. Um, I don't think I've ever, I've never had blood, but if I were to have blood, gross. No, I've had a blood sausage, and that's actually pretty gross, but also good in a way. I'm good. Yeah. I cannot handle the idea of blood food. I'm aware that it exists. I'm even... When I was like 16, I went to go like visit family in Ireland and I was like, none of this is food. I wasn't vegan yet, but like all of the like blood pudding, I'm like, those are not words that belong in the same. No, that's disgusting. Let alone. uh, Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure. I mean, at least you're eating all of the animal. That's true. You know, that's true. Or the person. No, sorry. Go ahead. There's something very Indiana Jones about like drinking blood, you know, and um, <laughs> uh-huh. I don't know why. I feel like if, if and when I become vegan, I won't watch like all the, you know, slaughterhouse stuff. I'll just watch like, you know, yeah. the Temple of Doom and be like, see, yeah. you shouldn't drink or eat monkey brains. Anyway, yeah, vampires did cool stuff. Yeah. And also have problems with exoticism, much like Indiana Jones. That's right. Oh, big time. Especially that movie. The yeah. second one. Woo. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay. Normally, this is a history podcast where I talk about history. And this week, it is a folklore podcast where I talk about folklore. And if you listen to episode one of this week on Monday, you have learned me talk about how I think that these things are related, history and folklore, and how our understandings of things transition. Um, on Monday, we talked about witches. But for some weird reason, some of the witches were, like, showing up at windows at night. Have you... What do you know about vampires? Like history of vampires stuff? Very little. Not enough. I think I get it. 
it it has to do with some kind of like you know xenophobic uh build the wall higher type you know keep out the invaders but i i'm i'm too dumb to know around what particular migration or what particular you know event in history so that's interesting the, when i think of the political ramifications of, of vampires it's actually a little different from that and this is now completely unscripted and so i'm a little bit just vamp you know vampires yeah, you gotta vamp yeah, vamp yeah. for the vampire yeah no one's seen me in daylight <laughs> <laughs> the sun's behind me in this i record this or is it so vampires myths go back everywhere like all over the world there's like the idea of like the unquiet dead there's like people who like die and aren't dead and like and there's all of these things and there's a lot of like different ideas of where this comes from but like the two main like science things that people think is either people accidentally premature burying people right like Mm. you're like i heard knocking in the graveyard and you go and you dig it up and there's like scratch marks on the tomb Mm mm-hmm because you buried someone who was alive because you all weren't good at figuring out someone was dead. Sure. That is like one <laughs> of the elements. And then when the other ones is that sort of a lack of understanding about how bodies decompose and how like like 19th century you start getting vampires that are like pale and like mm-hmm. gaunt. But before that vampires were actually like lush. And when I say dark skinned, I don't mean in an ethnicity way. I mean like in this like color in your cheeks way. Mm-hmm. Like zombie dark. Yeah, totally. Um, And plump. And what it was, probably, is that, like, sometimes as bodies decompose, they, like, do weird shit. And you can look kind of well-preserved if you're, like, in a very hermetically sealed tomb. And people were, like, just learning new embalming shit. And there's, like, all these reasons why, like, basically people would be like, let's go dig up that grave because we think they're a vampire. And then you'd be like, aha, they're a vampire. Their cheeks are rosy, you know? Yeah, you're just like... Ew, decomposing bodies are gross. Must be a vampire. Like, no, they're just gross. Yeah, it's yeah. the bloating phase. I've seen for my for, you know, some work I've done as a journalist, I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of dead bodies and how they decompose. I work I w- went to a body farm Whoa. where they study it. Yeah, in Texas and it's wild. There was a flash flood while we were there. <laughs> so 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 we were stuck on the body farm. Because of the flash flood, wild times, and the but so the dead rose from the grave and floated around. They straight up did. Uh, yeah. No, they did not. And However, this is fun. They used to play, place bodies. This is like forensic analysis. Uh, you know, uh, students, um, mm-hmm. and they used to place bodies as soon as they got them donated. Which is such a you know, you can donate your body to science. It's really whatever, whatever. It's great. But then one time they got a body donation on Halloween, and they went out into the field. And had to place this body. And I guess the students were so spooked. They were like, nope. And so they invested in a refrigerator. And they invested in a little bit of like, you know, a way to preserve the body for like a day or two until it was light out and not scary as shit to like place a body next to a bunch of other dead bodies in a a fucking field. So kudos uh, to to that university. Yeah. A million years ago, I was... um Someone invited me on a sort of a date. They were like, oh, we're going to go do witchy shit in the graveyard on, on Halloween. And you were like, haha, that's a euphemism, right? No, yeah, yeah. And so I went. Do witchy shit in this graveyard. What? <laughs> oh, shit. A real graveyard? <laughs> and so I, so I go, and they're not there. And what it was, this is like kind of before cell phones were like good. Oh, my and like, God. Oh, and no. They had like, there had been a little bit of rain, so they had called it off. 
And so I just spent an hour at like midnight on Halloween walking around this graveyard. And it was a really good moment of like being like, I'm not as afraid as I would have been. You know? Right. Um, mostly I was like bummed, right? Because I got stood up. Right. But yeah, I, re- I just remember walking around that graveyard and being like, oh, I, I can handle this. This is fine. Yeah, I, yeah. Totally I ain't don't- scared of you. Yeah, as I'm completely scared. I just got ghosted. I'm not scared uh, of ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was like the next day before I heard from her. That uh, anyway, <laughs> That's whatever. Such bullshit. I know. Anyway, okay. If you're listening, uh, if you're listening, <laughs> whatever. He never apologized. Um, <laughs> Are you kidding me? Standing you up in a literal graveyard on Halloween? Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. Fuck that. Yeah. That I'm was, ma- I'm mad for you. However many years ago this was, I I'm appreciate pissed. it. Was like twenty years ago. No. Fuck and it. okay, so vampires. Okay. So. Vampires started off more... Okay, vampires are all over the world. The main style of vampire that's in Western media kind of comes from Eastern Europe. And goes back thousands of years and then really starts hitting like Western Europe more like 100, 200 years ago. Uh, And in the middle of the 19th century, you get all the vampire novels. The first actual one was a lesbian vampire novel called Carmilla. Uh, Dracula is the quintessential one that came later. Um, But... It wasn't, you start getting all of these stories of vampires as like the aristocracy who are drinking the blood of the working class, right? Mm. And then you start, and then it kind of moved to the new aristocracy of like bankers and stuff. I expect it ties into anti-Semitism somehow. I am not currently aware of how it does, Um, but I'm certain. That makes sense. I'm certain that that has been used at some point. And communism, right? Doesn't it at some point? Or is oh, that probably. just James Bond? Maybe it's oh, a little too modern. Vampires? Yeah, I bet. Yeah. And so the older vampires, instead of being like these aristocrats, it's just kind of like some random dead guy, right? Uh, who's not dead, who's killing people. And so there's like a lot of the same stuff, like fear of crosses, garlic, can't cross running water. Oh, one of the witches things I forgot to bring up. There's all of these things about witches traveling and like sailing and weird shit, right? Hmm. Like the sieve thing that we were talking about before. Uh, in one of the episodes we did recently, so I won't go over it too much at length. All of these witches from Scotland supposedly sailed out in sieves to go fuck up King James as he was like off to sail to Denmark and like brought up storms. And then they all like got slaughtered. All these witches got murdered over this. Um, and, and this is like real, not folklore. I mean, the, the witchcraft probably wasn't real, but the J- King James murdered them all. Absolutely was real. Um, and they, they were had, just like rebellious women. Yeah. And they had like, one of them was like really good at healing and snuck out at night. So then they were like, everyone you know is a witch. And then actually about 10, 15% of the people, I, I said this also a recent one, 10, 15% of the people who were killed in witchcraft in medieval Europe were men. Um, uh-huh, and okay. because the word witch was not actually inherently a gendered word until later. Even though like the witches versus wizards things comes later. Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just that women were more likely to be witches because there's more misogyny. I mean, because right. of the Adam and Eve, right. but because of right, misogyny. Right, right. right. But, so vampires, okay, right. So witches would go around and they'd sail in weird shit, like sieves. They'd also sail in eggshells. So a lot of cultures had like superstitions where you have to destroy your eggshells so that, like, put poke holes in them and stuff so that, like, witches don't sail around in them. <laughs> and it was how witches could cross water, that. right? It's kind of like That's when you like cut a, a... 
Go ahead. Yeah, we're just going to say it. <laughs> you say it. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's like when you cut up the rings of a six pack so that yeah. the sea turtles don't choke on them as if that would ever stop, uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> all other things killing sea turtles. Yeah. But yeah, you should poke holes in your eggshells because, you know, the witches are going to use them as boats. I know. Which is funny, though, because they can sail on sieves, so I don't see how this is stopping them. But, you know, maybe the witches eventually had that workaround. That's why they got so good at sailing in sieves. Anyway, they couldn't cross running water sometimes, and so that's but they couldn't like eggshells, which is another vampire thing, because they were all fucking blurry, like witches and vampires. And blurry like you couldn't really see them clearly when you saw them? No, just like the the distinction between the two. Oh, the line of, yeah, 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 yeah. So for <laughs> okay, example, okay. the witch girl story about the woman showing up like a pestilence and knocking yes. on the window to kill. A lot of the old vampire stories, I don't think any of the ones that we're going to read today, a lot of the old vampire stories that are like, it's funny, there's like folklore vampire stories, I'm making air quotes, and then there's like early literature vampire stories, you know, and there's like kind of a a line between them, but a lot of the early literature vampire stories will talk about vampires like showing up at your window and like scratching at it and being like, yo, let me in, I want to eat you, you know? Yeah. Um, And so this like person at the window to kill is a very vampire thing that the witch girl was doing and now we're going to do an inverse we're going to do a vampire who's doing a witch thing because uh. this story kind of like broke my head a little bit it's very short but this story is called the vampire bear <laughs> and this is from so, a, again yeah. it's like a very that's very sharknado like meg megalodon to wait the have meg. you seen cocaine bear no, yes, yes. Like, I was just going to say that. I have not, sadly. This is basically Cocaine Bear. And I I kind of liked co- Cocaine Bear, which surprised me that <laughs> I enjoyed it. But it was fun. What's not to like? I know. I can imagine. There's, I mean, I'd have to get high, and I'd like yeah, that. Yeah. There's no downside to watching Cocaine Bear. There's, like, some <laughs> some dumb punk kids who, like, do the, like, you know, like, 80s movies, like, punks are always, like, bad guys with switchblades, but they're kind of nerds. Right. It has like some of that in it. It's really good. <laughs> so this is the cocaine bear for... Uh, yeah, from 19th yeah, century Russia. Yeah, 19, There you go. Yeah. And this is from a different book called Russian Folktales. Once there were three sisters. One summer, they went into the woods to pick berries. The older sister got lost. She wandered around the forest until she came upon a hut on chicken legs. And this is... That's Baba Yaga. This is a Baba Yaga story again. And only it's a vampire story. And that's why I'm like reading it, right? Okay. She entered the hut and started calling for her two sisters. Who is in this forest? Who is in the woods? Come into this hut to spend the night. I am in the forest and I am in the woods. I'll come to spend a night with you, replied a huge bear as he entered the hut. High on cocaine. I added that part. Don't be afraid of me, he said. Climb into my right ear and come out of the left ear and we will have whatever we wish for. Ooh. So the girl climbed into the bear's right ear and came out the left one. And after that, she found several keys in her pocket. Now cook the dinner, commanded the bear. She cooked the meal and they sat down to eat. Suddenly a mouse appeared and asked the girl for some porridge. Hit that mouse on the forehead, said the bear. Oh my God, this is what you predicted. Uh... Hit that mouse on the forehead, said the bear. The girl did as she was told. Now, ordered the bear, make me a bed. Put together a row of firewood, a row of stones, a mortar will be my pillow, and a millstone I'll use as a blanket. Okay, slow down, slow down, slow down. Mm -hmm. These instructions are wild for her. 
I know. She's like, do you have a pen? Can I just write? Okay, so millstone and yeah. what yeah. was that? Yeah, if we if we can't find a mortar, can we use something else as your pillow? Like, I would have never sur- survived like a folklore tale. Like I just, because I'm terrible with instructions and they always <laughs> give them and they give them really quickly and it's always once. You can't be like, could you say that again just slowly? Yeah, could you message there, like, me? Could you like text it yeah. to me? Could you text me because I'm not I'm not gonna remember that because like once I get the millstone like I've already forgotten about like what was it I'm supposed to bop a mouse on the head are you like yeah like yeah. little bunny foo foo or some <laughs> shit <laughs> yeah when the bed was ready and the the bear went to sleep however the girl was to stay awake all night and to run around the room making noise with the keys she started running around the room and making the noise the bear slept a while and then took the millstone and threw it at the girl. She is still alive, squeaked the little mouse. The bear threw the mortar at the girl. Still alive, the mouse said again. Oh, God. Yeah, it's, it's just, he's just, this, this, this story is a little darker. Uh, still alive, said the mouse again. A piece of firewood followed the mortar. The bear killed the girl and sucked out all of her blood. Ooh. The next time, the remaining two sisters went into the woods to pick berries. The middle sister got lost. She had the same ill fate as her older sister. The youngest sister, a little fool, decided to go into the forest by herself to look for her two lost sisters. Soon she came upon the same hut. The bear ordered her to cook dinner and to make him a bed. After they sat down to eat, the same mouse came out who asked for porridge. The girl gave the mouse some porridge. Who is that talking to you? The bear asked her. No one, the girl replied quickly. When the bear went to bed, the mouse offered to run around so she would not have to. When the bear threw the millstone, the mouse cried, She's dead! The bear jumped out of his bed and started looking for the dead body. When he could not find the dead girl in the hut, he realized he had been tricked and ran out into the woods to look for her. At that time, the mouse told the girl to come out of her hiding place, gave her the keys, and said that they would make any wish come true. The mouse also told the girl what had happened to her older sisters, and saw that the girl got home safely. Huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I like this mouse. Uh, I think I like this mouse. The mouse is like, I've seen too much, too much bloodshed. But also, yeah, I feel like this is, we need a te- to be continued, because her wish should be let her sisters come back alive, but maybe you can't do that. Yeah, I don't know. And like, it's such a like, she didn't really do anything functionally different than her sisters. Like, I think the moral of this story is like, life sucks. And vampire bears are in the woods, and they're going to fucking kill you. Yeah, there is not, it's not very clear. There's nothing, yeah, you can't really, just don't go to the woods. Don't yeah. go picking berries, man. Yeah, exactly. It's a bad idea, because berries will mean a bear is going to fucking eat you. But I mean, also, this is interesting, like, in terms of, you know, at what point, like, what was our relationship to, like, the woods, the forest, the animals? They're all kind of creepy and evil and mean in some ways, and also, like, I don't know, maybe this is just the anti-capitalist in me being like, this is all very, like, very private property, then, like, you know, yeah. like, get off my lawn, like, the vampire is the one knocking at your door, you know, the... Uh, oh, that's true. Oh, shit. You know? I see what you are saying earlier, yeah. And, like, the witches and stuff, so it's kind of like the yeah. like the, the yeah. march of, you know, industrial human, even though this is a little bit before that, or a lot before that, but it's like, yeah... Yeah. Settling the woods, uh, creation of private property, and you have to be very afraid of anything that wants to come in or any creatures that want your food. Yeah. 
No, and like even the historic witch trials tie into the enclosure of the commons and they tie into like just like finding the people revolting against the new modern order and then fucking killing them. Like, yeah, yeah. But you know who else is going to get fucking killed? You, dear listener, if you don't run out right now and buy seven of these products and then send it to seven of your friends. And <laughs> you're going to be visited by a vampire. Yeah, vampire bear even, which is weirder. Like imagine kill a bear kills you, but just to drink your blood. How fucking weird yeah, that's is that? Ridiculous. Yeah, you're like, I have all this flesh. Yeah, I guess that's for the mouse. The mouse gets some too. Just like you get some sweet, sweet deals from these ads. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert Week to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. And we're back. Okay, so this next story, even shorter. This one I definitely, like, I've been just, like, picking up all my, like, uh, fairy tale books that I've been accumulating for a while and looking through the 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 subject matter, you know, and getting really excited about them. This one's called Buckets of Blood. <laughs> and it's a yes. 19th century. Good God. Rush, Songs of the Russian People is the name of the book that this is from. Buckets of Blood. Yeah, because they were a metal band. Before yeah, they right? Were a metal That's what band. I was going to, yeah. I was telling my friend about this and she was like, oh, I really like this horror movie called Buckets of Blood. And I'm like, yeah, of course you do. Or like Bucket of Blood or something. But there's a history to Buckets of Blood, a long pedigree of Buckets of Blood. So this story, a peasant was driving past a graveyard after it had grown dark. After him came running a stranger dressed in a red shirt and a new jacket who cried, stop, take me as your companion. Uh, no, I'm cool. I don't really want a friend. You know, I'm more of a loner peasant. See, I think you actually would have survived these stories better than you think. <laughs> Pray take a seat, the peasant offered. They enter a village, drive up to this and that house. Though the gates are wide open, yet the stranger says, shut tight, for on those gates crosses have been branded. They drive to the very last house. The gates are barred, and from, from them hands a padlock weighing a score of pounds. 
But there is no cross there, and the gates open of their own accord. They go into the house. There on the bench lie two sleepers, an old man and a lad. The stranger takes a pail. Uh, content warning for horror, I guess? <laughs> the stranger takes a pail, places it near the youth, and strikes him on the back. Immediately, the back opens and forth flows rosy blood. The stranger fills the pail, full, and then drinks it dry. Then he fills another pail with blood from the old man, slakes his brutal thirst, and says to the peasant, It begins to grow light. Let us go back to my dwelling. In a twinkling, they found themselves at the graveyard. Oh, you live here. Oh, I get it now. That explains it. it like explains that explains a lot. the whole like drinking that blood thing. Anyway, um, I'm just gonna go. Can you imagine like when you're like, hey, can you just take me with you? And you're like, yeah, okay. And you're like, oh, I can't go in there. There's a cross. Oh, I can't go in there. Oh, I'm gonna magically open this door and then just like, like the peasant doesn't. Well, whatever. I'll just finish the story. The vampire would have clasped the peasant in his arms, but luckily for him, the cocks began to crow and the corpse disappeared. The next morning, when folks came and looked, the old man and the lad were dead. That's the story. Oh. Um, where's the peasant? Peasant got off? Yeah, yeah, he gets off because the sun rises and the corpse. But in this one, I don't think the sun, like, destroys the vampire. I think it just, like, he just, like, disappears. Right, you have you know? to go. Yeah. But at no point does it... And I just love the, like, at the end being like, and then the man and the lad were dead. Yeah, like, we get that. They took a bucket of their blood. I was pretty sure yeah, they yeah, were yeah. dead. After beating them with it. Yeah. Wait, they got beat with it? I don't know. How did they... How did they, he struck him on the back and opened... Yeah, I think that's just, like, like with a blade. This is the sparsest story that has ever been told. There's, like, sentences Wait, that would fangs? make... I know. Well, that's what's so interesting, too, right? Yeah, you got your vampire who's just going around bloodletting people with a knife, probably. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also, like, why... Since when did vampires get associated with bats? And do bats drink blood? Some bats do, but... Not most, and I don't know exactly. I know that a lot of the vampire stuff around, like, they can turn into mist, they can turn into different insects, they can turn all this different right. shit, bats and stuff. I think that starts coming around. I actually don't know. I, I want to yeah, make yeah, a yeah. guess, but I, it wouldn't be an informed How guess. How much do you know about spiders, Margaret? Uh, I can count their legs on my fingers. Seven okay. legs. I thought it was... Really? No, it's eight. I'm, I'm fucking sorry. I thought it was eight. <laughs> yeah, it's yeah, eight. Yeah, yeah, Okay, yeah. I can't ask you this question. I, if anyone knows about spiders, reach mm -hmm. out to me at Franny Fio because I've got a question, which is when you see the big honking spiders, which there have been so many in LA because it's mm -hmm. been really... It had been really rainy. Like, when those guys have babies, do they... Do the babies all grow to be the same honking size? Or is it just because that spider made a tight web with all and got all of the flies... You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, it's, yeah, is yeah. it like uh -huh. a dog where it's like, oh, this breed grows to like 25 pounds? Is every breed of spider? I asked, I asked my husband mm -hmm. this, and he's like, I don't know, but I'm having these really nerdy spider questions. I mean, I know who I would ask, and it is actually someone who listens to this podcast regularly. And if you are my friend, I'm not going to name you, but if you are my friend who <laughs> tells me weird, nerdy stuff about animals and we message about it, me reach out to both of us. About your spiders. Thank my you. my money is that they all grow to that size and that's like a, a breed <gasps> thing. That's 
fucking because terrifying. like like my money is on the ladder my money is on the idea that no the one who gets like has the good spot with all the flies and gets really swole that's that's just why they're that big but think about like people right like the, the your diet absolutely changes how big you get um but it's like a lot of it's genetic too now I'm scared, but okay, we okay. can we can time it, and that's for the next episode. Is spiders? <laughs> I used to live in this um, black A-frame cabin that I built in the woods. And, oh, beautiful! And it for a while, I had these two. Uh, they're called garden spiders, and they're a U.S. South yeah. thing, and they're fucking huge and scary, and they've got like sharp, pokey legs, and they're bright yellow, and they're cool, but they're scary oh. as hell, and they're like. They're seriously the most evil-looking spider. I think they're cool. And they they made webs on the two windows right next to my door. Ooh. And I was terrified to oust them, you know? Because they're on the outside. And my rule was anything's allowed on the outside of my house, but nothing's allowed on the inside of my house unless I <laughs> yeah. let it, right? And so, like, I was afraid to oust them. You're, you're still a vegan if you oust them on the inside, but not on the outside. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was like, I was like, it seemed like bad, bad idea to go to war with yeah. the woods while I lived there. And yeah, but every night when I would walk home at night up to my cabin in the woods and pretend like I'm not scared of that sort of thing, I would make sure that I could see both spiders before I would open the door. <laughs> and then I think they, I think they got et by birds eventually. But, yeah, like, first one, then the other disappeared. And, like, it took me several days to be okay with the fact that I couldn't see them, you know? Well, that's like when you see a spider in the shower and you're like, as long as I have eye on, eyes on it, I can keep on, you yeah. know, soaping up. But yeah. then you get the soap in your eyes, you got to close your eyes, and then you open them up, it's gone. Anyway, no, the whole no, point is no we good. do a separate spider podcast. Yeah. Uh, cool spiders who scared us. That will be the name of the podcast. <laughs> So, got another vampire story for you. Please, please. This one's called The Soldier and the Vampire, and it is from one of the earlier sources, the Ralston's Russian Folktales. A certain soldier was allowed to go home on furlough. Well, he walked and walked, and after a time, he began to draw near to his native village. Not far off from that village lived a miller in his mill. In old times, the soldier had been very intimate with him. Why shouldn't he go mm -hmm. and see his friend? He went. I love the way that translation sounds. <laughs> like, very yeah, very, yeah. The miller received him cordially and at once brought out liquor, and the two began drinking and chattering about their ways and doings. All this took place towards nightfall, and the soldiers stopped so long at the miller's that it grew quite dark. When he proposed to start for his village, his host exclaimed, Spend the night here, trooper. It's very late now, and perhaps you might run into mischief. Mm. What a good way to say, like, something terrible is going to... Like, anyway... Yeah, or like get someone to spend the night. Yeah, know? right. Was, that worked on me once. I was like <laughs> on a date and I was like, I could go home. And the, my date looked at me and was like, do you believe in Slender Man? And I was like, God damn it. <laughs> and this is when I lived in that fucking cabin in the woods in the middle of nowhere. That's coercive. I That's know. not good. I know. And this is second bad date behavior. For Margaret. She was very respectful. It was totally fine. If you're listening, okay. that was a totally fine thing to do. <laughs> Slender man, you were like... <laughs> yeah. Um, anyway. How so about the mischief? God is punishing us. A terrible warlock has died among us, and by night he rises from his grave, wanders through the village, and does such things as brings bring fear upon the very boldest. 
How could even you help but be afraid of him? Mm, basically that sounds like, like a challenge. I know. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, like, not a bit of it. A soldier is a man who belongs to the crown, and crown property cannot be drowned in water nor burnt in fire. I'll there be it off. is. I'm there it is. Yeah, I'm tremendously anxious to see my people as soon as possible. Off he set. His road lay in front of a graveyard. On one of the graves, he saw a great fire blazing. What's that, thinks he. Let's have a look. Which is very not you from everything I've heard of your uh, Oh, yeah, no. No, in this case, I've like learned my lesson. I'm going to go into it. Let's go right, right for the fire. Okay, okay. Yeah, most of the people are surviving these stories. Well, most of the protagonists <laughs> are surviving these stories, not the random lad. Anyway. That's true. When he drew near, he saw that the warlock was sitting by the fire sewing boots. Hail, brother, calls out the soldier. The warlock looked up and said, What have you come here for? Why I wanted to see what you're doing. The warlock threw his work aside and invited the soldier to a wedding. Come along, brother. I know. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all like a surreal dream. I have a plus one. Did you want to come with or? That's why I'm making these boots. They're for you. Yeah. Yeah, they're your size. wedding. Mm-hmm. Come along, brother, says he. Let's enjoy ourselves. There's a wedding going on in the village. Come along, says the soldier. They came to where the wedding was. There they were given drink and treated with the utmost hospitality. The warlock drank and drank, reveled and reveled. Then he grew angry. He chased all the guests and relatives out of the house, threw the wedded pair into a slumber, took out two files and an awl, pierced the hands of the bride and bridegroom with the awl, and began drawing off their blood. Oh, come on, warlock. That's just not a way to, like, treat your guest. I mean, your It's a wedding crasher move. Yeah, absolutely. It's a super wedding crasher move. It's like that vampire movie, The Wedding Crashers. It is. I'm looking up warlocks as on Google Images, and, like, they've got, like, staffs, and they seem kind of, like... It's like, like a, masks and spiked. It's like a, a way of saying witch, only it's a boy, is the the more... I see, boy witch. Yeah. 17th or 18th century start seeing the distinction in English, I think, between a witch and a, a warlock. But before that, it was all witches all the way down. Well, they went off. On the way, the soldiers said, Tell me, why did you draw off their blood into those vials? <laughs> He, you're still hanging with him. You know, soldiers are not smart. Uh, I'm no, just going to say that. Not afraid, right but not, yeah. Yeah, not not necessarily like strategic planners. Not, not firing on all four cylinders. No. Well, in order that the bride and bridegroom might die. Tomorrow morning, no one will be able to wake them. I alone know how to bring them back to life. How is that managed? The bride and bridegroom must have cuts made in their heels, and some of their own blood must be then poured back into the wounds. I've got the bridegroom's blood stowed away in my right-hand pocket, the bride's in my left. The soldier listened to this without letting a single word escape him. Then the warlock began boasting again. Whatever I wish, he says he, that I can do. I suppose it's quite impossible to get the better of you, says the soldier. Why impossible? If anyone were to make a pyre of aspen boughs, a hundred loads of them, and were to burn me in that pyre, then he'd be able to get the better of me. Only he'd have to look out sharp in burning me, for snakes and worms and different kinds of reptiles would creep out of my inside, and crows and magpies and jackdaws would come flying up. All these must be caught and flung on the pyre. If so much as a single maggot were to escape, then there'd be no help for it. 
in that maggot, I should slip away. Ooh, I like this. I like when the villain reveals how to like kill themselves. Oh yeah, no, totally. But how difficult it is. No, it's actually eventually you're like, oh, actually, this soldier is being kind of clever. Yeah. The soldier listened to all of this and did not forget it. He and the warlock talked and talked, and at last they arrived at the grave. Well, brother, said the warlock, now I'll tear you into pieces. Otherwise, <laughs> you'd be telling all this. <laughs> okay, good. All right, yeah. all right, all right. So. Yes. Yeah. Who I'm? Oh, I like this story. This is my favorite thus so far. This is one. I like this one. Um, you know what else I like? Saving money on stuff. Buy a new car. That'll save the environment. Here's ads. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and two-door cinema club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast. And we're back. Oh, that, you know, obviously where we last left, the warlock was like, I'm going to tear you to pieces. What are you talking about? Don't deceive yourself. I serve God and the emperor. The warlock gnashed his teeth, howled the aloud. Who in the who? I know, right? He's <laughs> like, I don't give a shit. Well, he does give a shit. He howled aloud and sprang at the soldier who drew his sword and began laying about him with sweeping blows. They struggled and struggled. The soldier was all but at the end of his strength. Ah, thinks he, I'm a lost man, and all for nothing. Suddenly, the cocks began to crow. The warlock fell lifeless to the ground. The soldier took files of blood out of the warlock's pockets and went on to the house of his own people. Uh-oh. When he got there and had exchanged greetings with his relatives, they said, Did you see any disturbance, soldier? No, I saw none. <gasps> there now... Why, we've a terrible piece of work going on in the village. A warlock has taken to haunting it. After talking a while, they lay down to sleep. Next morning, the soldier awoke and began asking, I'm told you've got a wedding going on somewhere here? There was a wedding in the house of a rich mujik, uh, which is a, a Russian peasant, replied his relatives. But the bride and bridegroom have died this very night. From what? Nobody knows. Where does this mujik live? They showed him the house. Thither he went without speaking a word. 
when he got thither. there. We got to bring thither back. And also, the soldier's doing an incredible job of lying. Like, no. I know. What? I know. Where? <laughs> or who? How could I defeat Whoa. you? I would never do such a thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't know. I like, okay, I take it back what I said about soldiers. I like him yeah. so far. Yeah. We'll see. We'll see he's how, thinking, how he does. He's thinking things through. Thither he went without speaking a word. When he got there, he found the whole family in tears. What are you mourning about, says he? Such and such is the state of things, soldiers, say they. I can bring your young people back to life again. What will you give me if I do? Take what you like, even if it were half of what we've got. So the soldier did as the warlock had instructed him and brought the young people back to life. Instead of weeping, there began to be great happiness and rejoicing. The soldier was hospitably treated and well rewarded. Then left about, face. <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. <laughs> Off he marched to the Starusta, which is the head of a Russian village, which I totally knew and totally didn't interrupt the podcast to, for me to look up. And then, and then I said Starusta. Yeah, which was good. Very Russian. This is Starusta. If you had a gun to hit your head, I think you could do it. I think I, yes. <laughs> quite dither <laughs> hither and dither with going to I think you need to read this all in just a monotone Russian accent and I, it's much scarier I know but I, I really I, I can't and told them to call the peasants no it just doesn't work <laughs> it just doesn't see. I don't know why I, I'm completely accent blind too it's 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 not great <laughs> I think that was Jamaican oh god and told him to call the peasants together and get ready a hundred loads of aspen wood. Well, they took the wood into the graveyard, dragged the warlock out of his grave, placed him on the pyre, and set it alight, the people all standing round in a circle with brooms, shovels, and fire irons. The pyre began, began, became wrapped in flames. The warlock began to burn. His corpse burst, and out of it crept snakes, worms, and all sorts of reptiles, probably garden spiders. No, for sure. And up came flying crows, magpies, and jackdaws. I totally didn't just include this story because there's magpies in it. I was going to say, yeah. what are magpies again? Uh, they're uh, they're like crows, but black and white. And it's also a nickname. for I knew that it was your nickname. Yeah. But now I have to see what they look like. Yeah. Black and white crows. Yeah. They're really pretty. They are also known Why? for like collecting shiny objects and being like thieves and sort of annoying. And also like, oh, yeah, they yeah, are used yeah. as like omens. A lot. Oh, yeah. Look at that. Magpies are fucking cool. The peasants knocked them down, poor magpies, and flung them into the fire, not allowing so much as a single maggot to creep away. And so the warlock was thoroughly consumed, and the soldier collected his ashes and strode, strewed them to the winds. From that time forth, there was peace in the village. The soldier yeah. received the thanks of the whole community he stayed at home some time, enjoying himself thoroughly. Then he went back to the Tsar's service with money in his pocket. When he had served his time, he retired from the army and began to live at his ease. Okay. I like that he can't have a happily ever after until he finishes his Tsar's service. You know? Yeah, 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 exactly. But first comes the Tsar. Yeah. I want to know about, because this sort of reminds me of the ways in which vampires like bring... Like in Interview with a Vampire, like mm -hmm. I said, I'm watching um, again, uh, you, you know, make a vampire by biting them 
and then killing them, like sucking their blood and killing them, but you can bring them back to life by having them like suck some of your blood. So I feel like all this like, it is very sexual, like all the sort of exchange of fluids. Totally. But like giving yourself, giving the person who's dead a little bit of their own blood feels like also a way to make a vampire. So I'm just like wondering, I mean, maybe not mm-hmm. because it's not the vampires, but I don't fucking know. Well, I mean, I think the thing that's interesting about it is it shows that it's like, it all shifts in all these different ways. Like, this guy's called a vampire, but he's also called a warlock. And he's just taking a vial of their blood for magic. He hasn't even drank it. But he has to be killed in a very vampire way. He he falls back into his coffin when he's when the sun is up. Like, Yeah. And the cocks. The cocks have been saving the day. Yeah. They always, always there saving the day. That's what cock is for. Cocks always yeah. save the day. And um, we're adults. We get paid to talk into microphones. <laughs> and yeah, no, I, I just like, I find it, I love the way he like dies. The like, all the animals bursting forth from him and all that stuff, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, But yeah, it's like, it's all of these just different, it's basically a way that a witch haunts. So this is my episode where I accidentally figured out that witches and vampires are more or less fitting the same niche in a lot of different stories. I mean, and it kind of makes sense because it is just nebulous. I mean, this is what myths and folklore are. It's nothing is like real. Yeah. <laughs> it's just kind of symbolic. And so, the yeah, the blurriness between them makes a lot of sense. But it's like, what do they, yeah, what do they represent more broadly? I don't know. Like, I, I know the vampires, it does seem like the vampires have more rules. And they mm-hmm. are sort of more like accepted in society, whereas witches are these like massive outcasts. Yeah. Totally. And, like, I like witches more, right? For sure. And then, like, you also get, like, some people, I think, were getting killed as vampires, but mostly people are, like, desecrating bodies over vampirism, right? Right. And, like, you know, people would die and they would, like, have you ever seen the, like, sometimes they'll, like, disinter a coffin and there'll be a, a sickle over the neck. So if the if the corpse moved, they would hit the sickle and, like, cut their own I throat. just saw it. I just did a story on, like, my podcast. This like, mm-hmm. a, a random story that I do about, yeah, a child that was, like, I think in Poland who was, like, the, the skeleton was dug up and there. I think there was a sickle or something around its neck. And it was chained to the coffin yeah. because they thought, clearly they thought it was possessed, which is so scary. They're like... I know. He probably just didn't want to eat his vegetables, you know? What yeah. are you doing? That's freaky. But also, maybe it was a bad seed. Maybe it was an evil child. <laughs> I would not have survived to adulthood if... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, but that's... that's Like, it is weird. It all depends. It's all like, like, what do you actually believe is real? Is any of this real? Are ghosts real? Or which... Like, I do think there's a difference between, like, the... D- the world of the dying and the dead yeah. and like witches and vampires which seem a little too fantastical and a right. little bit like no I think this is just like that's just like a foreigner who like moved to the end of your block who you like don't know totally. you've never talked to and you're like making excuses for why they're gonna come suck your blood or totally. you know they have too many cats it's the cat lady just turned into the witch or they practice a different religion or yeah. you know what whatever or they're like the healer and then they don't fall into exit. a specific modern way that may like once like medicine was masculinized and like scientized right. that's totally a word you know mm-hmm. then you're like oh we got to get rid of all these like wise women right because they do weird shit and you like you know you're killing your um 
your doulas, you're killing your abortion providers, you're killing like no, and like oh my god, we're I've never thought about witches in the context of reproductive health, and now I realize they probably were all just like doulas and abortion providers. Yeah, it is absolutely a huge part of it. And there's like um, God, which episode we did an episode a while ago about Italian women who like to um, poison their husbands. In the Renaissance and like late medieval era, sick, yeah, mm-hmm. and it tied into this on the. It was called the magical underground, and it was the like your astrologer that you go to is also your therapist, and is also your yeah. abortion provider, and is also when your husband is an unrepentant piece of shit who keeps fucking hurting you, she's gonna provide you poison and he's gonna die. I, and we're, we're sorry what were they called or they, they were just astrologists this is why men are not into astrology yeah like yeah um uh i can't i i honestly can't remember the name off the top of my head it, you know you have italian women and then it was also a, a, a parts of france had a magical underground also that had all this stuff going on but it's also hard to piece apart because you had all of these like tied into that where all these like uh priests catholic priests who were right. also doing all this witchcraft shit and were like performing black masses and stuff kind of as a grift. They were like, mm-hmm. oh, you can't get it up? Like, let us do this weird ceremony and we'll get you what you need. <laughs> and then also if you want to... The whole congregation's gonna pray. Yeah, and if you have a, if you need a love potion, like, well, don't worry, I've got this like oil that I dripped over the corpse of saint so-and-so, you know? Right. And then so like you had all these like witch fear things that were strike going around and a lot of those ones were actually tied into like yeah there actually was a poisoner ring it was like killing all these people but they all deserved it <laughs> but overall yeah the witch trials totally politicized i need to like probably i'll just do a whole episode on like historical witches and, and the witch hunt and stuff but it it makes me really sad because so many of the cool people did cool stuff episodes are i talk about some people who are kind of cool and then the massive system that existed to destroy all of them Right, right, you know? right, right. And that's what... But I think early healers are really cool, you know? Totally. As, you know, not to like sound anti-vax about it, but yeah, like who were who were the people that actually helped folks and how do they get with, yeah, the dawn of, like you're saying, the masculization of, of medicine. Yeah. Or, I don't know, they they maybe weren't operating as, working as doctors. Yeah. Um, they were working on preventative medicine. Yeah. Okay, people? There's a whole thing where um, Elizabeth Batory um, is like the also seen as like one of the early like sort of vampire inspiration people. She was this um, it's it's spelled Bathory, but it's Batory. Is another thing I became a pedant about about after doing an episode about, and <laughs> and she was basically accused of like running this like castle of horrors where she was like bathing in girls' blood to stay young and shit like that, right? Um, in Eastern Europe, but. Ugh. More and more modern research implies that maybe she actually just like literally ran a hospital and like taught girls healing. And so it was just all like I love that people yes. who wanted to cut her out of inheritance and like some favors she owed the king, like turned a witch hunt against her. Um, and it's funny because like I'm in really interested in both versions of her story. I am interested in right. this like this. Uh, healer who's also the ruler of the realm but who brings in girls and teaches them you know how to how to heal right 
But also, like, I would watch the shit out of, like, her as the, like, evil girl boss who, like, bathes in blood. Whatever, you know? Yeah, 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 yeah. But it is, it is like what you just said, I would watch the shit out of because it does feel more like fiction. Yeah, like, that's not, totally. What is more real throughout time? Like, the roles of women, uh, the necessity for, like, a petty little bitch to stay young or the necessity to, like, teach people how to perform abortions and survive when you are having a miscarriage or, you know— you're in an abusive relationship or you need help with a pregnancy. I don't know, you know, like all that stuff. That makes way more sense. Totally. Than, yeah, being like a Kardashian that's like, I'm I'm murderous, but I look good, you know? Yeah, yeah. And it doesn't tie into the misogynist stories that everyone wants to tell. But that's what I got about witches and vampires. And I like these vampires. There wasn't anything like... There was no blood sucking necessarily, but blood did factor into it. Yeah, and that was like, because I, I wanted to do the like vampire as folklore and compared to vampire in literature, you know, and like I will one day. I I love all of it. It's all weird shit. And, but but it, what's, isn't there, a, there the symbiotic, I mean, don't like authors often kind of take from folklore? Mm-hmm. Or. Totally. Like who's right? Like how, here's, a, here's my question. This is a dumb mm-hmm. question, but you are a writer, so mm-hmm. you know. Maybe. Like. Is this something that the person who created like this book of Russian folktales went around, listened to them, someone wrote them down at some point because they were just sort of tales that are told? Yeah, like that is the kind of thing that, as I understand a lot of folklore, is like it is an oral tradition for a thousand years and then some guy writes it down in the middle of the 19th century and then everyone puts his name on it and that's the end. Mm-hmm, like the Bible. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> More or less, yeah. I mean, it was a couple people wrote it, but yeah, it was one of the first times that that happened. Yeah. And like, and yeah, like it is a set of myths that teach certain political and like social norms, often contradictory uh-huh. if we're talking about the Bible. And like, and so, yeah, some guy went around and wrote down all these Russian stories. And so you get this encapsulation of them. And that's why they have so many overlaps with like the sieve or the chicken leg hut or the, you know, this or that detail, right? Is because like, they're all just mutating as they go. Right, right, right. And what do we think the sieve means? I don't know. I think it is a reference to an impossible task and like a proof of magic combined with a little bit of that riddle vibe. The like, only someone who can bring me a torch that is never lit. Or I don't know. Yeah, 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 Um, for sure. Like, but then again, why does that tie into like, but that seems so... So you got the impossible task and then you got the I fucking sail in it. And those are so different, <laughs> right? And so in some ways it's like a flex if you're sailing in a sieve. That's the best I got. I I, I read a couple no, articles like on witches and sieves, but I haven't read the like the you know, the shit that's like. It's because the they were all shit. Italian and they were like, you know, making a pasta. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That is they had the strain of the pasta. Mm-hmm. I'm really glad you've proven uh that I really it's no it's pointless to to mug you because you can do all the accents. <laughs> I, I am Italian, but that was a terrible accent. <laughs> that was actually a bad one. Um, well, you're more like allowed Italians to do can't... your own bad accent. Yeah, exactly. I, I am allowed, yeah. but I won't do the the Chinese accent because no, I am also Chinese, okay. and I'll spare your listeners that. Okay. But um, I love this. I love. I feel like I was back reading my like scary scor- stories to tell in the dark books when I was thirteen. Hell yeah. Which is, you know, or 14 or whenever it was. 
but I like these ones. I would, I would, yeah, I would probably, you know, I'm sure you probably are like, yeah, we need to tweak it. We need to like, you know, zhuzh up the drama Mm -hmm. a bit. The ending, yeah, then he died an old man. It was, and and he was happy. Yeah, this was fine. Okay. Whatever, but... But then you're not going to get a sequel if you put in the happily ever after. That's true. Exactly. Like, what if he has to go back and fight six warlocks next time? Mm-hmm. Like, or his kid has to do it, you know, and then the kids do battle. Yeah. Or like one of them killed his dog and now he has to go uh, murder all of them. Yeah. Is that John? Is a John yeah, Wick reference? Yeah. Um, Damn. I haven't even seen John Wick, but I know that much. Yeah. I haven't seen all the sequels yet, but you know, I it's better than the usual you took this woman, now I must kill. You know. Yeah, someone killing your dog is a pretty good backstory. Yeah. That's probably actually why all of these characters are acting bad acting bad. But <laughs> if people want to act good, they can get their news from you. This is an awkward transition. <laughs> but let's what do you got? Yes, what do you want to Act good. Act good. Act real good. Listen to the Bituation Room podcast. It's my weekly show. Uh, we talk about the news. We talk. We have uh, deep dives into different topics. We're going to talk about Sam Bankman Freed and his trial. That's going to be. Whoa. That's very fun. I want to listen to that one. Yeah. yeah. That's like the shit I we listen. Have, I'm like, it doesn't affect my life, but I'm like, that's that's interesting. You know. Oh, absolutely. Uh, his little weirdo, like you know, orgy commune of Bitcoin <laughs> believers. <laughs> Where they were going to take over like Micronesia or something, whatever island they were going to buy. Anyway, and uh, had Naomi Klein on recently. It was great. So, Habituation Podcast, or you can watch live at Franny Few on YouTube and Twitch, um, Tuesdays and Fridays, 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern. Hell yeah. And I'm going to plug my Substack, where I also write an essay every week. You can read it on my Substack. Half of them are free. And you can find you. You'll figure it out. Google Martyr Killjoy Substack. I'm not going to give you a URL. No one. No one's going to take that. It. I'm guilt. I'm googling. All right then. Look, it's the third thing that came up. It was Margaret Killjoy, and then the third thing was sub. So people have been doing exactly what you tell them. To Excellent. Do. You do everything I tell you to, except for the ad transition stuff. That's all lies. But <laughs> I'll see you all next week. Cool people who did cool stuff is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cash back on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bop Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Pluma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. 
With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.